Okay, stand by. We we are live on the pointofthings.com for the first time in a while. Here we go. This is the point of things with George Capalbo and Tom Shattuck. And here they are, continually in a turkey coma, 365 days a year. Tom Shattuck and George Capalbo. <laughs> I still got it. Yeah, you do. I'm not sure what it is. Hey, George, it's Alice. Alice, how are you? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I, well. How are you? I'm great. Is that my voice at the beginning? It is, actually. Of the point of things announcement? I forgot that. I forgot that I had done that. A long time ago. Um, but you don't have the, you're not the English accent. Just don't point that out. No, no, just the first one. George, it's been way too long. How are you? How I'm, are you weathering through this post uh, we're, we're, we're at the tail end of the pandemic. The election is over. We're on the other side, George. I'm weathering it. I've been very busy. My, my company's been very busy because of all this stuff going on with lots of people wanting to broadcast remotely. So I've just been wall to wall. And I know you have too. So it's not like, like for those of you listening at home, it's not like we hate each other. Or we haven't got a lot. We're just too busy. But we're back. We're back and we're strong Correct. and we're back. Now we're on... Now we're on two podcasts. We're George. simulcast. We're on the point of things, simulcasting exactly, and uh, and on Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel podcast, a fabulous um, production. I'm going to text you something, George. Text me and things. you. And by send the way, if you're if you're listening to on point of things dot this, com. yes, I can. Question mark. Send. I will. Answer it in text, please, George. I don't want people to know we were talking about it. All right. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just saying uh, <laughs> no. No, but uh, yeah. no. Is that all right? <laughs> no, I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're listening live, oh. you'd hear it live. So good. Well, I know, George. Excellent. So, hey, yes. you, know, you should tell folks, uh, tell people, tell the Tom um, Shattuck Burn Barrel audience exactly how to find us on this podcast right this podcast which predates burn barrel uh is a different it's a different non uh it's basically non-controversial other than we're both speaking and uh it's on the point of and you can also find it on itunes podcasts and you can also find it on google podcasts and is it on stitcher too i think you send it everywhere it is on Stitcher, exa Stitcher exactly. Right, and um and can people listen live where is that hey, you can listen can go live com and hit Right. It just starts playing, but there's a play button if you need to hit it, and it's on. Correct. Very cool. All right, George. Um, I, I can't believe it's almost a year ago since <laughs> since uh, we weren't able to make your New Year's party, but that would have been the a great last hurrah before the world ended. Because we're not but doing right it this now, year. today, George. Either. <laughs> right. I, I believe we've got... Um, there's a big issue that's uh, afoot, George, yes. and this is something my wife has been extremely, extremely interested in and vocal about, um, which, of course, is um, f borderline torturous for me. <laughs> obviously, I, uh, I, I am not as into it, but I'm going to see if I can get myself into it. And this has right to do with... Is, Go ahead. Keep going. Are the right music for this? Okay, this has to do with a mysterious object, if you don't know, listening right now, that's been found in the Mojave Desert. Is that right, Alice? It's in Utah. No, it's, it's in Utah. Yeah, Utah. Moab, they Utah. Have desert? Right. Yeah. They have desert. Moab, Utah. They found it while counting sheep. Correct. Uh, and what is sheep? Does sheep bleat? George, did you know that sheep <laughs> bleat? <laughs> they do. 
don't know if they spell it out, but they That's do. True. They I don't I don't have a sheep sound. I could find that. But um It's okay. I hear the vacuum cleaner. That's good enough. <laughs> so all right, enough of that. So, uh, all right, George, all right. Is, is this an obelisk, we're told? Is that uh, what it a is? Monolith. A monolith. A monolith. Okay, so I saw some... I have some audio of, of the descri- okay, description of this. Sc- I have an audio of the description of this. Are you ready? All right. All right, here we go. When we first found it, we thought it might be an upcrop of magnetic rock. All the geological evidence was against it. We thought it might be the upper part of some buried structure, so we excavated out on all sides, but unfortunately, we didn't find anything else. What's more, the evidence seems pretty conclusive that it seems to have been deliberately buried. Deliberately buried. Deliberately buried. <laughs> those are the those are the Bureau of Land. No, they weren't the Bureau of Land Management pilots who had accidentally discovered this from the air. This shiny object. No, that was actually from the source that everyone's referring to. Two thousand one, a space odyssey, where they find. This black monolith, which is exactly the proportions one by four mm-hmm. by nine, and it's been buried for millions mm. of years, and they've uncovered it, and they go to see it. The sun rises, the sun hits it, and it immediately emits this huge, loud radio signal that deafens everyone, and it, which is directed directional straight to Jupiter. And then there's the rest of the movie. So, mm. of course, everyone connects this monolith in Utah, which is in this beautiful br- brown rock canyon, have you ever been to Utah? Utah is a beautiful state. I I was stuck there once I for a weekend. Have not. Oh, and it's so it's mountains and forests and herds of deer and fresh air and then desert and canyons and it's just an amazing place and a lot of empty space. So there's a lot of room to do weird stuff. So uh, these guys are flying over and this thing is made of reflective but this area aluminum. Is pretty remote, is it not? Well, so actually, you guys, let's on. On. actually, it turns out it doesn't. I want you guys to tell people what, tell people what we're talking about okay. here exactly, monolith. George. So a mysterious monolith has been found near southern Utah, in southern Utah, and, and near Moab. Well, <laughs> and Bureau of Land Management says it's so far away from anything, we don't really want anyone to go, so we're not going to tell people where it is. But of course. The internet figured it out. Of course, Reddit immediately. Yeah, exactly. Um, the monolith. Um, and people have been there. And yeah, and now it's gone. It disappeared. So I have some. I have some audio. This is a guy named David Serber who went there. Okay, so our, the, the 2001 monolith is one by four by nine. This is 12 feet tall, and it's a triangle, and it's made out of looks like stainless steel. Right. And it's but it's got rivets, so it's clearly. I mean, there are there are marks in the ground. Actually, well, here, here's the audio from this guy David Serber that looks it over. You ready? Here we go. Oh. All right, y'all wanted the magnet test, so I didn't bring a strong enough one, but not sticking. So he's standing in okay, front of the model. Those are the attempts. And then uh, let's see. So is it solid? Not solid. It sounds a little bit like a cardboard box. And then. rivets and handprints from probably from diesel days and these are like All these the rivets like these pop rivets you know that you put in things so it looks pretty mm-hmm. very man-made so all the panels are separate and then riveted hollow riveted not magnetic hey that's it so and there's also like there's marks in the ground where they they cut it they cut into the stone and buried this thing so it was deliberately buried but but not by aliens and now it's gone. So, right. and apparently it was so illegal. This is on government land. Right. 
This is government land, Bureau of Land Management, mm-hmm. government, federal property, federal land. Correct. Where it's not illegal to be on usually, so you're allowed to be on this. But right. you're not allowed to build art installations that you need a concrete cutter to cut into the stone to stick them in there. Correct. Generally. Is this no. is this able to be traversed by with a, ve- with a vehicle or is this out in the middle of nowhere, nowhere? So it turns out the same dude, Don Serber, says, oh, this isn't anywhere remote. It's like about about 400 yards from a campsite where lots of people go. And here's how to get to it. And here's what I did. Huh. So you can you could drive within, you know, maybe a 10-minute, 15-minute walk to get to it. But you had to have like an – you couldn't just go in your car. You had to have an off-road vehicle. So yeah. it's still remote. Now, lots of people how heavy would the metal be to build the thing? Well, how so heavy they, would the metal be to build the thing? Like, So if you were going to go – if you were going to build this, George, like how hard would it be like yeah. to bring all this stuff with you? I mean, I'm with you. I agree it's man-made. But I'm like wondering how, how much of a commitment this was for whoever did it, you know? It seems like it's 12 foot sheets of, of stainless steel and a rivet gun and maybe some angles, you know, to, uh, to rivet to it. And then, a, and they brought a saw. So you could see someone coming out in their Jeep with all this stuff in it and then building it on the site and then burying it and thinking it's pretty cool. Have a beer, whatever they did, you know, whatever weird stuff happened and, uh, off they went, they left it. And so there's some question how long it's been there. So some people think it's been there for four years, which is possible. It's stainless steel and it really doesn't, it, it rains so there, but not a lot. My understanding is that, my understanding is people were looking at Google Maps and they, like the past, the history of the images and were dating it between like 2015, 2016. Correct. That that was like the timestamps of the ones before it was there and then when you could see it on the google maps right. um pictures but there's also um some people were speculating that it's some kind of tribute to this artist who built things that kind of look similar to that george john mccormick yes Have correct you been seeing that i, I went and i googled some of the stuff as well so, and which, uh, which he was kind of dead shiny by the time yeah, he so, was so i don't think he did right, it he has, um, a, he has he an alibi by the time this was built but <laughs> But somebody could have done it who was into his stuff, yeah. uh, I suppose. But because yeah. um, his son did say that, you know, he had said he left remote bits of artwork places. So but, maybe, um, maybe it was. Like it's It'd be pretty cool if it had been else. there for 50 years and no one noticed it up until now. So, you know, I've built a monolith, so I know what it takes to do, to do in 2001. So back in the day, my college friends and I would get together a couple times a year, usually at New Year's Eve party, which we still do. Of course, not doing it this year, but that's another story another day but we'd meet in uh labor day weekend we go down to maryland where well, the, the guy who started this thing his, his name is bill and he used to have bill's party back in the college days so in 2001 we just looked at each other and said let's go build a monolith so we went to home depot and we bought sheets of mdf plywood and paint like 100 cans of spray paint and we built a monolith it didn't have a top but it was one by four by nine and we just stuck it in his front yard and then it was kind of there for a long time. Then eventually it got cut up, and I think I have a couple pieces of it. Of course, we cut it into one by four by nine pieces. So we have a, a monolith. But it was really oh, kind of a fun it's like thing. it's like a fractal monolith. It's like a fractal monolith, exactly, yeah. right? So so that was pretty cool. <laughs> and it was a fun project. And, you know, of course, we're all uh, tech nerds, so it was uh, perfect for us. And um, it was 2001. And you know what? That was... That was like maybe a couple weeks before 9-11. So that felt like the end of the innocence to me. That was, you know, everything got serious after that. That was sort of the last stupid thing we did in the 90s, the 90s uh, tech boom kind of thing. So it was a good thing to do. But I guess there were other monoliths that popped up in 2001. I think there was one in Seattle, which is the correct proportions. Hmm. But of course, 
this was not meant to be a 2001 monolith. That's what people connected to because it gave you that same right. kind of eerie feeling. But this is a triangle and it's stainless steel and it's clearly got rivet holes and there's no, you know, like, how you know, there's not going to be a cottage industry of people saying it's impossible for them to bend the metal like that. You know, this couldn't happen naturally on earth. These aren't right. materials. They're, it's, it's stainless steel and rivets. And now it's gone. So, so I mean, so what happened? Somebody stole it, right? Someone just said, well, let's just take this thing. Either someone stole it or whoever it was came back for it, I suppose. Maybe so we don't want them Before to. Before they could be identified. Crap, now we're in trouble, get Tom. Let's get out to it. Utah yeah. and get this thing now yeah. before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> but it's gone. Right. It seems like a total government thing to do. Um, well, you know. To take it down. Yeah, but they didn't. Well, they, they said they, they didn't. didn't, though. The government says they didn't. And they actually I mean, said. we know they always yeah, do. Exactly. Right. They actually said, well, it's illegal, but it's not our job to prosecute that. Here's the quote. It says, we, we don't investigate crimes involving private property, which is what this is. We're, that's handled by the local sheriff's office. So they just sort of said, if the sheriff wants to go do something about it, we don't care. Right. Go for it. So I think it's but, the right thing. Um. I was I was surprised that somebody could get away with it now that I would assume now that they know where it is. It's like a tourist attraction. People would be going to look at it. And oh, they were. Like you say, okay, so it's near this campsite. And like, what, no one was watching it. No one saw who took it away. I don't understand how somebody could steal it. Now, I would have put the thing under guard, first of all. It's very dark in the desert at night. find out what's going on, right? In that remote suppose, desert, it's really dark. Geez. There are no lights anywhere if you're driving down a long road you just see this light coming in the distance you go what is that is that's like some kind of alien or something and then it's a car but it's so far huh. away that its headlights meld into one and it shimmers in the in the uh, the heat coming off the road so would you how would you get it out because it's buried the bottom of it's buried right so they would have to like would could you just lift it out the thing and throw I it in guess. the back of your pickup truck i mean truck, maybe or? i have no idea how heavy it was but if it's sheets of or I mean, cut probably, it up or yeah maybe they cut it up or they, they maybe they just got a crowbar and they just kind of wedged it until it came loose because i don't know that it was uh how it, hmm. no one really knew how deep it was although i suppose there's a hole in the ground there now you could probably look and see how deep it yeah. was right so but i mean this is the first yeah. kind of cool but I'm stupid hungry for information. story this is the I know you are. stuff well, i'm like wondering well, you know, but like, unfortunately, this none of these. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I don't think this can. I don't think this can compete with the crop circles, right? I mean, those were magnificent. Yeah, those were those were cool. And those are the ones, right? That's what I was kind of alluding to. That you know, no one could actually do that. The way those are bent, we looked at it under a microscope. No, it turns out it's. I think it's all. It's still all people. It's still all artists. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of explanations for things, but aliens are probably down in the list when there's seven billion people on the Earth that. They have nothing else to do, and they look cool. Can come up with things to do. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's probably people, but I'm just fascinated with how you would put something there, and then, like, I don't know. If I went to the trouble to, like, build a metal tower in the desert, I'd be, like, taking friends there every other weekend to show them my cool metal monolith. You know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't just leave it there for six years and just wait, bide my time until someone found it. But maybe it had some weird purpose I mean, and they, they'd only be... do it in the middle of the night when no one was there and they were there all the right, time. Right, they visit it once a year and perform yeah. some crazy ritual. Right, exactly. And so it was all <laughs> smudged. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> well, you know what another thing... You know what Don't scare me, You know what could be? How about this? All right, go ahead. What if the entire thing, the object itself... And society's response to it, including the media's response to it, et cetera, is all an experiment. Just to see, one, how people interact with it when they see it, 
what their behaviors are. Do they report it? Do they document it? Do they go right to social media? What do they do? Do they keep on coming back? And then what does society do when they hear about it? Because, I mean... So I when the Alice real aliens show up, when the real aliens show up, then <laughs> I don't need it to be back. I'm just curious. I mean, what, we could go build one. Happened. I know that like, we can go to Home Depot. Scoop. Let's go to Home Depot and get some MDF plywood. We'll spray paint it silver. We'll put it in your yard. It's a it's a one day project. It's an easy build. <laughs> but what you've done now yeah. is you've given this piece of land a, an identity, and you've made it more interesting. So. For instance, in um, and I'm sure every lake's got one now, but up in Lake, lake um, uh, Champlain, you know, there's supposedly a lake monster that some people have seen. Right. Champy, he's called now. Correct. And so it, it's there's Champy merchandise, and <laughs> it's, it allows fo- it allows for content for all the little harbor tours of Champy, or not harbor tours, you know, boat tours, the, and the, the, the shuttle that goes from New York to Vermont, et cetera. And these kind of things color stuff that's, all, that's otherwise boring. Like even in Fenway Park, there's that seat in right field that was where Ted Williams' last home run, the red seat uh, hit, which the which is absolute horse bleep as far as I'm concerned. And supposedly it was, it was a lot a longer than that. Head. <laughs> it was a lot yeah, longer than that seat. Right? I don't know if it was longer than that seat, um, but I just know that it's too cute to be true. And that it hit a Yankees fan in the head the last home run. And you know, he did get a home run, but, you know, they yeah. they served it up. They teed up the pitch to him. But still, it's like he, a, a lot of these things, there's so much stuff and some interesting things in every place that are usually interactive. And so it leaves an imprint on you. Like, for instance, in in Congress, George, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've been there to the Hall of Statues. Where in one yes. part of the room you can say something and you can hear, you can whisper. That's it's the same thing at St. Paul's Cathedral in London. There's an area where you can stand in one half of the one part of the dome on the inside mm-hmm. and be a football field away and whisper, and the person can hear it. Hmm. And it allows it, it allows for you to personalize, you know, to interact in a way that you're part of it now. So and it brings it like a, an extra layer of of the sensation that to it. Yeah. Right, yeah, it makes it gives it some meaning. This spot that doesn't really have any meaning on its own, right? And especially if you're lucky enough to not be able to explain it, if it's a monolith, <laughs> yeah. or you know, you can acoustics can tell you how the other stuff works, but it probably all couldn't always. Um, I mean, they had a pretty good understanding of acoustics for a long time. I, you know, that's why they built things in those shapes, you know. Or they accidentally discovered that's heard, what happened. I'm not going to ask Tom. I'm not going to ask Tom if well, he's heard Tom. this, but because he has not, he's not heard this. But George, have you ever heard the um, the they've done um sort of simulations of what it would have sounded like with choirs singing in the Hagia Sophia? No. And it's just it's just incredible. You can look it up. And they, you know what? They did. Alice, they like dealing- tested. The You're sound good. qualities of the cathedral of that huge crazy dome. He is googling right? Hagia Sophia. With like, <laughs> know what that is. No, I do know with what the, it is. Um, with the with like the songs they would have sung then in the Hagia Sophia, the hymns in ah. Greek, you know, and then they 
sort of run them through a filter of what the sound qualities that they measure in the cathedral, like what that would do to the choir singing. And it's just incredible. It's so crazy. So, I mean, and that's, that's an old building. So well, they had some acoustics back then. Acoustics and spaces are really an art and science. I mean, there, when there's a new concert hall built, there's people that come in literally to tune it, to make it sound good. So, and back in the day, they didn't huh. have computers and they didn't have any kind of analysis. They just kind of listened to it and uh, it, it got a sound. Right. I mean, I've done the so opposite George, of that in my uh, film have, room to, to deaden the sound. I've built a sound deadening panel so that if you're sitting in the seating area, it's absolutely as close to perfect as I can get it, which isn't that close, but it's it's very good. Otherwise, it's like an echo chamber in there and everything sounds... You want, you want the dialogue and the sounds to be crisp and not be echoed because that distorts them. Yes, go ahead, Thomas. Right. Yeah, they do that in restaurants too and other workspaces so yep. that it's not the constant din happening. Mm-hmm. So, George, have you ever had... Have you ever witnessed something unexplainable that you, I have that was not necessarily paranormal but was maybe by definition was paranormal actually why well, I've told my UFO story okay. here before which is just kind of a 15 second thing and it was just like what was that that's really strange and of course my mind went to all the normal explanations for it oh that must be a weather balloon why is it moving so fast well there's no motors on it it's not a, it's got to be a drone there's no motors not making any noise and now it's gone and it was pretty large and what was that? And it just sort of just, I just kind of started thinking about it. And of course, I started looking into all this UFO stuff and all these people are all nuts. Correct? They're just, you know, right. no offense. <laughs> Wrong with a, it. Right? They yeah. just think all, it always goes to Bigfoot. And then there's, but wait, wait a minute, what's that? Right? Where did that come from? So who knows? Although there's all this stuff that came out last year, right? The Navy, um, these fighter right, pilots saying, right. and they've they got released all this stuff. The Pentagon said, yeah, we don't know what this is. And we're going to investigate it further. So that's, uh, you know, that kind of blew me away, which made me think yeah. of my experience. And uh, But that's the only strange thing I've seen. Yeah. But I mean, there's definitely, there are things out there that we don't know what they are, but whether or not they're what uh, people on the internet think they are is right. quite another question. You know, that's that's a quite I, I a leap to make, a, you know, I just because we don't know what something is. Years ago, I had a friend who was involved in, do you remember from the mid-late 70s, there were photos of the Loch Ness Monster taken underwater by MIT guys? Mm-hmm. I knew one yeah, of them. Yeah, I had he's, a friend. We got really into cryptozoology for yeah. a while and like read all those things, like different photos people had taken of things, supposedly. And I mean, a lot of them are fake, but... Yeah. You know, so this it is, is a, interesting. Apparently, this was like there's this guy who was a patent attorney at MIT guy, and it's like kind of like me and my college friends went and built a monolith. They said, he said, you know, I went to I went to Loch Ness on vacation in Scotland. I saw something weird. I want to go figure out there's something in there. So they got Doc Edgerton to loan them side scan sonar. The guy I knew, Charlie Wyckoff, is a film emulsion guy. He built the film, designed the film to to film the first atomic bomb tests, which you know you couldn't go there and set the exposure. Hmm. So it was a billion layers of emulsion and they were different ISO speeds so that would you'd get a perfectly exposed thing no matter what. He did the film for the under contract for NASA for the moon landing that's very thin so they could do 250 shots in one Hasselblad mm. thing. So he's a cool dude. So he rigged up a camera with 16 millimeter film that would take a frame a second. They had, they had lights, that strobe lights that would go off, again, Doc Edgerton, and the side scan sonar and they just left it hung under a boat and the first day... Two or three large objects approached it. The claims is all true. They took photos, 
and there's one of like a fin, there's one of like a body in the distance, but it, it was all sort of debunked. They sent it supposedly had friends at JPL that went and processed it, and they said, ah, they maybe have processed it too much. They're looking for something that's not there. And so, but but he claimed it was real, but it was a lot of fun. He said, no, it's a great way to spend the summer, right? So it's a good summer vacation. It's nice and cool up yeah. in Scotland. It's interesting. And some fun. Nerd, what nerds do on I don't vacation. Know, I've heard some people say they think Nessie was there. I've had friends tell me that they think Nessie was there, but is, has now died and isn't Our there Our kids anymore. know the name of that dinosaur. What's it called? Nessie? Yeah. Plesiosaur. Nessie's not a dinosaur. No. Is that what it is? Yeah, plesiosaur. <clears throat> well... Alice, had, did we did oh. we share the same dream, the same experience with a ghost at Melrose together? Yes. Ooh. We both were awake for that. Yeah. Oh. Really? Well, tell yes. that story. The well, ghost. Oh, what were we, so we were lying in bed, yeah, and mm -hmm. it was incredible, actually, George. And we heard footsteps. Yeah, we heard footsteps. We heard, well, actually, we multiple times heard footsteps, well, like hold when on, we hold were on, downstairs. Hold on. Right. We, we, um, we were lying in bed one night. And we heard something coming up to us, pro approaching from the. Was it sounded like a chain? Sounded yeah. like it might have been carrying a chain or something, walking from the upstairs down the hall. That's never to good. Us. And it was crazy. No, and it was really this whole thing was we were. It was really the the, the thing that makes it so odd. It was it was, was kind of a ripoff of all the top cliche <laughs> uh, file uh, experiences right. you'd, you'd get. Because then suddenly we heard something sound like a squirrel in the roof, and then more, and then, then thousands of these things running under, running all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then this thing with the chain was, like, had stopped at one point, and then, this is the, the stunner, George, the, 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 of course the it's going to happen. horror movie cliche. Yes, is that kids, the sound of kids laughing and singing out in the yard, dancing around a tree. Oh! And I'll sing and dancing. And this is... Yeah, and this is the thing was, it was, it, that's what I get from most of it. Did, did it speak to us, Alice? No, I didn't get, we, I don't think we heard so, any But anyway, the thing was, that. George, is that it, I don't know that we were petrified, but it was definitely. But we were both like, curious. did you just hear that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. all of our senses were, in, yeah. were engaged. So here's the next thing, and we heard, like I told you, we heard, you could tell, you could hear the when those footsteps were coming, you could feel the, the like the reverberation of the wood being depressed, so it was something with heft, right? You know, Ooh. which made it more scary, obviously, um, just real. So, so and we, we we didn't we weren't drunk, we weren't on acid. We, <laughs> we, it was just a, just a night, and you know we, you know we have at that point we just had one kid, I think, and so mm -hmm. you know you're t you're busy, you're tired, and you like it, you can't let it de derail your day. But so the next it was just it was. When something like that actually does happen, probably like your UFO, it's not like, oh my God, guys, guess what? I think we told our neighbor, or they told asked us if we had heard stuff, and, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we uh, and we said, yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, something last night. So, but anyway, the thing that was crazy was me, Alice, and I. Then the next day, my mother and brother came over, and we were sitting right. downstairs in the kitchen or talking in the kitchen, and we said we told them the story. And my mother and brother, my mother was all intrigued because she, she likes that kind of stuff. My brother was like, whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever. And we said, yeah, there were the sounds. This thing was walking around. You could hear it. And George, just as we were telling the story, the footsteps happened above us. Oh! And my brother's not a, yeah, 
and it was walking again. And my brother's not a believer in this stuff, and I'm not a believer in this stuff. I don't even believe other people who mention this thing. <laughs> thing and it happened, and my mother was like kind of spiritual, and she was like all into it, and like raced upstairs or something. But it was incredible, like that it happened those two times, and it never happened again. So, but, um, so the that's, people, the, that's the only thing. That, the people that are into this say, well, what happened in your house? Did you go look at the history? How old is your was your house in Melrose? So we did find out. We did. It was about a hundred years old, but we okay. did find out subsequently that there had been a dance studio in the yard. There oh. was a separate building. Like we found yes. stuff when we put our fence in that there was it, the foundations of another yes. building there. And then it had been multiple things. It had been like a sort of bar and it had been a clubhouse thing. Right. And, but it had at one point been a dance studio. It had been a dance studio and a woman who came by said she remembered there being two weeping willows. There was one we were there. Remember, you've seen it, George, actually. Yeah, I have. Um, and there were two weeping willows and she said that kids used to do figure eights while dancing and singing around the weeping willows. That's, Which is kind of like you know, what we were hearing. That's pretty it was, spooky. It, was, it is remarkable to think that it's not like the first thing we say to anybody we meet. <laughs> but it was just one of those. Hey, just I tell so you my ghost real. story. Yeah. Right. It's just so real, like your UFO story that right. it's something that actually happened. So, yeah. you know? so, but I mean, I think it's unhealthy to like make it like a lifestyle. Like, I mean, like George says, it's fun to like okay, this thing happened, or, like, you go try and photograph, but the people that turn this into their life's work to, like, try and find Bigfoot yeah. are a little it's whacked. So. Like, I'm not sure it's the healthiest way to live your life, like, so. looking for these things. So, you Alice, know? Like, Alice I, by the that's way... That's why I think you just have to have the experience and move right, on. Right, so, Alice, I did. That's basically what I did, but, Alice, by the first time I told Tom this story, the UFO story, he says, oh, mm-hmm. you're just the the one he would they would come visit. You're the ones. You're just the kind they come visit. Right? And I said, Thank you very much. And which to you is a compliment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I took it that way. I was a little. I was a little taken aback by it, to be honest with you. But yeah, no, I've kind of just let it go. And I was like, I don't know what that was. That was pretty. I'd like to see it again. I'd like, you know, I and and of course when it's so quick, mm-hmm. it's like I didn't have time to take the camera phone out of my pocket. By the time I did, it was gone, and I have like a photo of the side of my car. And it's like, damn. So I know what time it was. Right. I have the photo with the time. And I went, right. so I did go do stuff like, I went to the, look up the uh, Worcester Airport, the nearest National Weather Service station. What was the wind aloft? It was a beautiful day. It was the end of July. It was like, it was July 30th or 31st. It was like on a Friday night. And it was just about six o'clock. And it was, a you know, just a nice light winds, hardly any clouds in the sky, few puffy clouds. And this thing is moving a lot faster than I thought the wind was. And I looked at the hmm. wind and it was actually... A crosswind to the direction this thing was going, and it was only about seven miles an hour, even aloft. So that was weird. So yeah. I don't know, George. I think I showed you last year. I think I showed you last year the the thing that, the, a few years ago we were having a party in our yard. There was something we thought it was a UFO. Yeah, I was I was thinking that two and, two planes. And I got video. Right, and I've got video, and a guy, yeah, and a guy, a, a photographer, photographer who shoots planes. Right. Yeah, he said, no, 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 that's just planes. It's just planes. It wasn't planes. We had people there. It was low, and well, there's video, and it absolutely wasn't. But you know, it's interesting. Like there are personalities in the world, this world. There are those who's like those who are, are are incredible because they're always seeing stuff, and then there are those Immediately who just love to shut stuff down. You wonder if yeah, they, but there are those who love to shut shut stuff down. No, no planes. And you wonder if they're in on it, or if it, or, <laughs> or they're just jerks. It's like like I don't go around a lot saying there are UFOs around or ghosts. I'm not. I'm a non-believer, you know. So it should. Well, uh, I don't know what to you think. Just assume. Mostly, Tom just assumes that a lot of things that other people take as fact are 
full of it and just total BS. Like, I mean, you should go to the Museum of Science with him sometime, George. It's a trip because he doesn't believe about two thirds of the exhibits in there. He thinks they're just not true. Like dinosaurs, fake how about, news. How about that electrical cage? George, you, you how about that electrical think? cage? George, what? I mean, I mean, they can do anything with uh, you know electricity there. I think yeah. it can be manipulated. That's no problem. But the, do you think that that the the, the um, T Rex had small hands like that? That doesn't make it makes no sense. How would it eat at all? Unless they ate walnuts, which means <laughs> yeah. the, no. Well, they're chickens, right? So maybe it had little wings or something. I don't know. They didn't. They didn't have. But also, to, you they, know, they I've been there. So I used, to go, they I used to, to go to the chew. museum. Of, I don't know. I love the museum. George, I used to go to that museum in the 70s. And in the 70s, the pterodactyl um, (laughs) was just skin. Now the pterodactyl is now furry. So in other words, it's becoming the bird it always was. Oh, it would have to have feathers of some kind, right? So, well, you know. Since when? Well, it didn't back in 1980. (laughs) <laughs> no, they now they know they know more. Well, you know, there's a there's a big move afoot oh, to, to clone yeah, things. Jurassic Park may be real. They may actually do this. You know, just having the little uh, dusting stuff in a pit. You know, tells you now they know there's feathers. A little Why DNA. They know that? What am I going to learn? What happens in twenty years, George? They have racing stripes in twenty years. <laughs> You're in on it with them because you want I this have, stuff to be true. That would be awesome. This is a, a, a geeky kind of thing. That it is those with the. Uh, uh, high intellects, but uh, who are who fawn over monoliths yeah. like this kind of thing. <laughs> no, I thought the monolith was really cool, but it's definitely. I, so, you know, okay. So, the monolith is art that made you feel good and made you think. So, it's actually a success. Whoever did that, it's a success. So, yeah, maybe they came and took it, but I think just some people, sh- a lot of people apparently showed up. This guy, David Serber, he said, I was the first guy there, but then like 40 people showed up. And there were kids sitting on top of, mm. um, on top of their, um, uh, you know the monolith, and it was all good, good fun. Next time, Tom. Next time, we hop in the car and we take the kids down and get pictures of them. We're going with to the, the monolith. monolith before it goes. There could be they before could. it goes. Did you know, George, that our Vermont house is in the path of totality of the next solar eclipse? Yes, I'm, I'm psyched for this. Trips. I am psyched for this. I, I, can I, I come? So can excited. I come over? Can I come over to watch the <laughs> yes, monolith? Good. Okay. Invited. Good. We're in. You can go in my stead, George. <laughs> That's good. No, I'm telling you, Tom. Well, you remember I did the li- did those live hits back for Herald Radio from uh, the uh, uh, total eclipse in Nebraska in 20 was it 17 or 18 now it's been so long i've forgotten but that was awesome that was like i now all i want to do is go see total solar eclipses but i have no time it was really a mind alter i could see why to your your (laughs) bs about that by the way what that it wasn't total he's he stared right into it he did yeah (laughs) well you know fine might be kind of a strong word for trump i think for a couple (laughs) seconds you're probably okay but uh yeah so but uh you know you would have a hole in your I, I tell you, I did, I did kind of burn a hole in the sensor of my camera doing that, taking photos of it. I, I noticed later they've sort of, it's like when you're when uh, you if you do occasionally look at the sun, right? You you have these round dots in your eyes for about a minute if you just got a, a quick uh, mm-hmm. glance. Yeah, my sensor kind of it faded away over time. It was okay, but I thought crap, I ruined my camera. But it was really, I could see why people would get freaked out because it suddenly is dark it's just like the lights go off boom, but it's li- it's glowing on the horizon and the wind starts huh. blowing and it's very eerie and then you hear like animals wow. in the distance i could see if you knew nothing you didn't like know that was coming dogs howling and yeah stuff. you'd just freak out you'd go what the heck was that and then it's over and then it's like the lights come back on boom, and it's lit and it's and you know the sun is hmm. it would just freak you out 
I got to imagine. But it, it's the coolest thing. It, it was the... It, I, I can't wait for the next one. Tom, you got to go to that. Dude, you got to go. Worst case is you just drink. It could it could rain. The, the you know, um, some path of totality, you. you mean? Yeah. You yeah, we're go. going to be in the path of totality. All right, if we can it make it... happen in the path of totality? The Dorch just described it. You can go listen to the podcast on a replay if you yeah, need to Yeah, go listen to replay, right. So so there's going to be... If, if, <laughs> if we can all live to 27, 2079... Okay, so I'll be pretty old, mm -hmm. and so will you. There's going to be a total eclipse mm -hmm. that goes mm -hmm. from like Pennsylvania across Manhattan, all of Connecticut, Ooh. all of, all of um, Massachusetts, right over us, and the totality is like nine minutes, and it's a huge wide wow. path. Man, I mean, they already know, right? Because they can do the celestial mm. mechanics. So that's tw so. I want to mm -hmm. live to 2079. I want to sit on the front porch of the manse here and watch the total eclipse. I am ready. Hmm. Well, you know what, George? Should we call I'm it? I choose to uh, pass away earlier. <laughs> hopefully, good. by the time that hopefully by the time the Vermont one rolls around, I'll be able to get on. Yeah, you'll, you'll hopefully you'll be around for that. Path That's like totality. a couple of years. Path the totality is awesome. Yeah, it's so like uh, 2024, George, or 25, or something. Path the totality. <laughs> path um, totality. So, um, George, you'll be happy to know uh, Alice is well. At, at, Alice, you need to find. Do you have a sister that's available who's exactly like you? I don't know George's romantic situation. Uh, now, right now, anymore, right now, that last hey, Alice, uh, thing seems to be over. So yeah, I'm available. Okay, George is available. That's good to know. <laughs> George, uh, Alice watches the Twilight Zone marathon on New Year's Eve. Oh, nice! Like all like three. Yeah, I watched the three, I watched the Three Stooges marathon on New Year's Eve. When okay. we first when we first started dating, Tom was like, "So what should we do for New Year's?" And I was like, "Well, I can't really leave because the Twilight Zone marathon's on. You know, can't miss that." And of course, so. in those days, Tom would say, "I'll do anything she says, right?" So I'll just watch that. Those are really well written and really cool half hour anthology. They are, they, they are but you know what? But the thing about the Twilight Zone is. There's so much, they're so unlike anything out else at the time. You know, there's there's something so antiseptic about 50s and 60s TV. Yes. And that comes on, and it's a, it's a modern-day mind bleep. It really yes. is. Right. So it, it feels... It feels like it's a stark thing to watch, and it feels so... God, I want to use the word queer in the way, you know what I mean. What yeah. it used to mean. Right. It's so curious. The sound stages. Eerie. And the set. Eerie, yes. Like, I think about the one with the um, Sherman's Last Stand mm -hmm. with the Indians. And it's so, it's it's obviously, Custer. like, it's obvious, Custer, sorry. It's obviously, like, the back lot of a Universal Studios, like, crappy movie parking lot or something. And... But it, it it just feels so. It's so odd. It's so you're right. It is yeah. eerie. It's a cookbook. It's more like a play almost. Like they don't tend to. There are some it's exceptions, obviously, but they don't <laughs> tend to have like a ton of. They don't tend to go a lot of places in the episode. Each episode tends to be set in like kind of a limited physical space, and like the characters yeah, come they have in no and out. Money. Like it's, it's more to me like. It's more to me like a play than it is like a yes. real TV show, TV show. You know, it's it, they're so they are dramatic in that way, in the sense of like being like a drama production, you know, where the characters come in and out and you build to a climax. They're very like structured stories. And 
I don't know. I just think they're brilliant. I love seeing all the old actors on them. I love Shatner in it. Like I love. I don't know. It's <laughs> funny that they pick, Shatner was. They pick Shatner. <laughs> Shatner was. Need he was awful in that actually. Shatner. <laughs> that was peak Shatner. He was, was fantastic. I love him. He was awesome and awful at the same time. Well, <laughs> well, right, because he's such an over actor, and yeah. you know, and he—that's he, his thing, being over the top. But that role did call for somebody to be over the top. But he certainly took the seriousness out of it. Oh, love him. Yeah, he was no, he's, he's great. I mean, he's still—he's still relevant, and he's ninety years old. Gonna be ninety. Yeah, he's fighting on Twitter with people. Yeah, he is George, and he went back and forth with me on Twitter. Did he really? Did you Shatner? fight with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, no, we had a conversation. Oh, nice. He wanted to know if I knew somebody and, and like, named whatever. And so I said, yeah. And he had, was asking me about, about him. And I didn't know the guy, but I was just saying. <laughs> you I'm blue check mark people here. at your little private club there, right? So. <laughs> Maybe that's what that is. Maybe that's what it is. I wonder if there's. But other- then do you remember what you told him at the end of the conversation? No. no. Um, he like got annoyed with you or something, and you said we're both shats that used to mean something. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> he didn't respond. I don't think he. I think he was horrified. <laughs> <laughs> he reported me to Jack Dorsey. Probably called him. He did. Yeah. Remove this number. man's blue check mark. Get this guy out of here. Well, George, it's been nice. It has nice been getting back to you. And Let's get this with more you. than once a quarter. Way okay? too long. Let's do this yes, this is quarter. like the crossovers, like when Simon and Simon had yeah. Magnum P.I. on, right. except I'm on both shows, you know, yeah. so, but it's been fun cross-pollinating right. the, cross the pollinating. massive uh, reach of the point of things with the Burn Barrel podcast. Awesome. Uh, everyone's well, and uh, be well, and we'll talk soon. Let's see, I have a, a little out to anybody in Burn Barrel. I never heard any of my production, so here we go. Ready? Good night and drive safely. <laughs> Guests on the point of things stay in a moldy sleeping bag out in the backyard and are occasionally allowed to use the bathroom. There you go. All right. Good night. Drive safely. We'll talk to you soon. You too, George. See you later. Later. Bye. I'll send you the file. Sleamer. <laughs>